Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head on over to the website and use your mobile devices and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V and get started today. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your number one sport for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage, the best in the business. From sports right down to your Vegas, Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. And welcome into this week's Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. It has been a lot of fun watching this Ole Miss baseball team uh, drop one on the road at UCF, but won the series two games to one, and now sit at number two in the country. It's been a lot of fun to watch this team. I think a lot of reasons is because so many uh, people that we haven't seen step up to the plate, no pun intended, have done so over the last couple of weeks. We'll get into the remainder of the schedule before the SEC play starts. We'll look at some numbers for you and break down this Ole Miss baseball team that, uh, like we said earlier, perfect game, I think, uh, number two in the country. Pretty good. Really good baseball team. The Ole Miss women's basketball team played a great SEC tournament. Played great. Opened the, the session out with a win over Florida. Fell to South Carolina, but not before giving the Gamecocks a run for their money. It was a pretty decisive uh, win by Carolina, but 
at one point was was up by 25 points. Ole Miss would cut it to 11 or so. Coach Joe had a really good year with this team. She got a lot out of this team. And now they'll advance to the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Congratulations to Coach Joe and the Ole Miss Women's Basketball Team. The men's team uh, fell at home the last game of the year against Vanderbilt a couple of days ago. It's been a tough year. And... You know, we'll talk a little bit more about the signing class, what Ole Miss will have coming in next year. But I think a lot of what happens next year, both coaching, personnel-wise, on the bench, on the floor, will have to do what happens between Matthew Morrell. Is he coming back? Tell me if Matthew Morrell comes back and Deshaun Ruffin come back. If they come back, okay, I've got a pretty good outlook on what to expect. If they don't come back, I don't know. It's been a tough year. They'll open the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament. Uh, you probably listen to this uh, Wednesday morning. They'll be they'll be playing at 6 o'clock Eastern in the Amelie Center in Tampa, Florida, in the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament, the very first game. Obviously not where you want to be as a program, playing in the opening day. Obviously not where you want to be. So many changes coming down the pipe with SEC Men's Basketball in regards to coaching. Tom Crean. Reported by the AJC, Tom Crean is out. There's been rampant speculation that Ben Howland's days at Mississippi State are numbered. What's the next move? How safe is Quanzo Martin at Missouri? And then, of course, it comes to Ole Miss. Will we hear from Director of Athletics Keith Carter at some point on the future of head coach Kermit Davis? It's been a tough ride this year for Ole Miss. And you hate if the word apathy ever comes in to the program. We'll talk more about it in the second half of the show. Big news coming, by the way, for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. We've been waiting for a while to announce this. Still do not have the go-ahead to announce it just yet. There'll be big news coming. Hopefully we can announce this next week. If we can't, we'll get it out as soon as we can. Let's just say... You're going to be very, very excited about the future of the podcast in regard who we're going to hear from every single week. For all of you that download, listen to the show, regardless of how you listen, we're grateful. We're grateful that you tell a friend about it, too, and we're so excited that we can bring you as much Ole Miss information as we can. You can get a lot of that all the time at Rebs247.com. Of course, that's Inside the Rebels, an affiliate of 247 Sports, Jared Redding. Had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about baseball. We'll get him on maybe next week. Kind of get a recap of, of where we are about 10 to 12 games into the season uh, as the Ole Miss baseball team is rolling. He's doing a great job covering baseball. Be sure and uh, give Jared a follow at Jared E. Redding on Twitter. But most importantly, you'll want to be a part of the Inside the Rebels 247 Sports family. David Johnson, Chris Brooks, Tyler Comas do a fantastic job covering the Ole Miss Rebels. And that's an affiliate of 247 Sports. We'll talk Ole Miss men's basketball, women's basketball, and, of course, baseball. The second half of the show, right here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. 
Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show.
welcome back into the show. You take a look at this Ole Miss baseball team, and it's one that, uh, I mean, you can't say it enough. It's just exciting. It's exciting baseball to watch. And anytime you have an offense like an Ole Miss has, and you got an offense that, for example, the first five games, nine runs, 11 runs, 12 runs, 15 runs, 10 runs, second, third, and fourth game all ended early because of the run rule. That's exciting. And we'll get into the numbers in just a moment. I wanted to talk about the schedule just for a moment. 10-1. and one. Of course, conference play has not begun yet. 8-0 and oh at home. And then, of course, 2-1, and one, the only road series this team has had. The Rebels open with victories over Charleston Southern to begin the year 9-3, 11-1. 12-2. Dominating performances. A midweek game over an Arkansas State team that historically has always gave Ole Miss some trouble. They beat Arkansas State 15-5. A couple of games over the following weekend. One of the games was washed out due to rain. A 10-4 win over VCU and then another game that was called because Ole Miss scored so many runs. The Rebels took care of VCU, 14-3. A couple of midweek wins over ULM, 10-2. Another run rule game, 11-1 in seven innings. And then the UCF game, or series I should say. Pretty good team. Fought hard, won the the game 8-7 on the opening night on Friday. Lost the Saturday game in 12 innings. It was no score going into... The 11th and then the 12th, UCF would get a runner across the plate. Obis had a chance to score some runs in that game. A couple decisions managerial-wise that some people were kind of scratching their head. Calvin Harris batting over 500 was pulled. Ben Van Cleve came in and bunted into a double play. Did not go over well with the faithful, but what's a better? What's the best way to, to calm any disgruntled fans win? That's exactly what Ole Miss did on Sunday, taking care of Central uh, Florida, UCF, 9-1. Rebels 10-1 of the season. Kind of taking a look ahead a little bit. A lot of games in Oxford. The Rebels are were slated to play Memphis tonight as we record. That game was postponed due to the weather as everyone throughout the south and Specifically in Mississippi, understand it's been it's been pretty wet today. They'll try to get it in tomorrow in regards to Alcorn State. I think I read that this Memphis game is postponed to the 26th of March. It's latter March they're going to try to get it in. Alcorn State, they'll try to play the Braves on Wednesday if the weather can cooperate. And then it's a three-game uh, series against Oral Roberts. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That first pitch scheduled for 6.30. The Saturday game at 1.30 and the Sunday game at 1.30. All those games are in Oxford to give you a chance to see the Rebels play. After the road trip to UCF, they'll follow that up with a Tuesday game against Southeastern Louisiana. Then the Rebels will play Auburn. SEC plays here. March the 17th, 18th, 19th. Next weekend, it's SEC baseball time. So, 10-1, Rebels have a chance to really run the table 
if it can get past, you know, you would expect to play well and beat Alcorn State and or Roberts. South Eastern Louisiana, that's 13, 14, 15, and 1 headed into the conference play. It's a pretty good start. We knew this team was going to be good. Just to know how good. Ole Miss will go back-to-back against Memphis. They'll go to Memphis on March the 22nd, and then the, the Tigers will come back to Oxford on the 23rd. SEC play the following weekend. Ole Miss hosts a really good Tennessee team. Then they'll host North Alabama before going on the road, a three-game stand at Kentucky. Then it's the annual game down in Pearl, Mississippi, which I guess they still can't find internet access or anything to televise that game. It's frustrating for a lot of fans. I know Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, they always play in Pearl, but there's, there's, there's never television coverage. Rebels will play Southern Miss at 6 p.m. in Pearl. Coming home the following weekend against Alabama. A midweek game in Oxford against Murray State. Then on the road, a tough three-game set against South Carolina. Midweek game against SEMO. And then it is double-decker weekend. It's Grove Bowl weekend. And Mississippi State comes to town. Weekend of April 21st, 22nd. 23rd. That's going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. The Thursday night game's at 6 p.m. The Friday night game is at 6.30. And the Saturday game is at 3.30. The Saturday game is on ESPN 2 at 3 o'clock, a 3.30 first pitch. And then turn around and play Mississippi State the following Tuesday in Pearl. 6 p.m. So that's four straight games against Mississippi State. After that, the Rebels will be on the road again to play play Arkansas on a three-game set, the 29th, 30th, and the 1st. So, interesting scheduling, I I guess you could say. Four straight games against Mississippi State, three straight against Arkansas. By the way, two of those games against Arkansas, Saturday, Sunday, the Saturday game at 7 p.m., the Sunday game at 1 p.m., both those games on ESPN2. They'll host Missouri. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday set. Southern Miss down in Hattiesburg at 6 p.m. And uh, they'll trek over and face LSU on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That'll be down in Baton Rouge. That will be an absolute bloodletting. I can go ahead and tell you, it's going to be tough. That first game at 7.30 is on ESPN2. The 2 o'clock game is on the SEC Network. You can catch the Sunday game on the SEC Network+. Plus. Rebels return that Arkansas State game to Jonesboro on May the 17th before closing out the SEC season in Oxford against Texas A&M. All three of the games on SEC Network Plus, 6.30 on Thursday, 6.30 on Friday, and 1.30 on Saturday. SEC tournament's over in Hoover again this year. That'll start May the 24th. Then you start talking about regional play. Should everything go that it thinks it probably should. You're looking at June the 3rd through June the 6th. That's the regional sites. And then June the 10th through June the 13th will be the Super Regionals. If the Rebels can be a national seed, an opportunity to host there. And then, of course, the College World Series. That's the ultimate goal for this team. It goes from June the 17th until June the 27th. Taking a look at the numbers. 
tough to get through any season without any injuries. And Ole Miss was hit early with Hayden Dunhurst, the incredible catcher, dealing with a leg injury. So many wonder what would happen. Well, Calvin, Calvin Harris happened. So far, nine games played for Calvin, started seven. It's batting 542. 13 hits, two doubles, he's got a triple, five RBI. Slugging percentage, 708. Nice season so far for Calvin Harris. T.J. McCants, the center fielder, batting 394. Second of the team in hitting. He's played in all 11 games. Third best hitter right now, Justin Bench, 342. Hayden Leatherwood, the transfer from Northwest Community College, batting 318. He's had a good year so far. Kevin Graham, 308, and is hitting with a lot of power. 12 hits and already has four home runs. The downside of that, 17 RBI, by the way, leading the team. The downside is Kevin Graham has a broken bone in his hand, so he will miss a couple of weeks. I guess if there's good news, you've got players like Reagan Buford hitting 429, just doing, just playing incredible. Ben Van Clee is batting 417. Kip Alderman 368. Banks Tolly 333. Knox Laposser, 333. By the way, every person I just named doesn't start a lot of games. But Mike does not have nine players that he's kind of going to every single week. We've seen him mix the lineup up a lot. And the good news is, is when you have those type of sticks, you can change that DH out. You can change a left fielder out. You can change a right fielder out. Right now, with the injury to Graham, you're able to play some other players out in the outfield. Kemp Alderman, for example. So, we'll see what direction they go there. Peyton Chatagnier, only hitting 243, but it feels like has come up really big down the stretch. Two home runs on the season. And Tim Elko, only batting 205, struggled at the plate with striking out. He's already had 10 strikeouts, which leads the team. But he does have five home runs which it's, it's almost feast or famine with Tim. No, no, Nothing new there. But Tim's done a nice job defensively at first base as well. Leads the team, I'm sorry, second place behind Kevin Graham at RBI with 14. So we've seen Tim Elko. We know what he can do in five dingers already on the season, but he's got the 10 strikeouts, which leads the team. Kind of know what you're going to get with Tim Elko. So the Rebels uh, behind the plate, I think, or at the plate, I should say, the thing about this team is they're fun to watch because you never know what you're going to get. And I said this last week, and I truly believe this. This is a team that, that gets the hit when it needs to. And and I know that's easy to say, but Ole Miss, really over the last couple of years, have not been able to get the big hit when, it's, when it was needed. It feels like that's what they're doing this year. Nice job at the plate. We'll have to see if it continues. Taking a look at the Ole Miss pitching staff, a lot of new names. Names like Riley Maddox, John Gaddis, Mitch Morrell, Hunter Elliott, Dylan DeLucia, those are the names that 
I'll be honest, I didn't know we would see this early, that we would see this often. John Gaddis has been a, a really good surprise for me personally. Opponents only batting 170 against John. But I will be honest with you. Dylan DeLucia is a player, a pitcher, that I think is going to be really big down the stretch. And don't be surprised, by the way, uh, only batting 280 against Dylan DeLucia. Don't be surprised to see Hunter Elliott in a starting role in the SEC down the road. Maybe even this year. Opponents only batting 179 against Hunter. 14 strikeouts for Elliott so far. 14. And then you've got the names that we've heard before. The Derek Diamonds. Brandon Johnson, who we've only seen, you know, just a couple of innings this year. Four innings. That's it. Jack Doherty, only five innings. Jackson Kimbrell, three innings. So, you see where I'm going with this. Mason Nichols, also. By the way, Mason Nichols is 0.00 ERA. They just keep coming all over the place. Opponents only batting 238 against Mason. If you see where I'm going, a ton of names that I've just named off. A ton. How does this translate into SEC play? Well, it's a pretty darn good start. I mean, we'll see in a couple of weeks. But you expected to see names like Jack Doherty pitch a whole lot more. But it appears that Mike has a different idea. It appears that there are other players that they want to get on the mound and run out there quickly. And they've they've done that. Dylan DeLucia is going to be a really good setup man. I think Dylan DeLucia will be the setup man for Brandon Johnson if he is, in fact, going to be the closer. So far, I mean, there's so many other pitchers and so many options that they could go. The Rebels doing a really good job from the mound. And I expect that to continue for the next couple of weeks. You know, we kind of ran through the schedule. It's going to be a fun year. And uh, I think the series against Mississippi State could break some records for attendance. And this is a team that definitely is going to be fun down the stretch. The Ole Miss women's basketball team finished the year 23-8. and 10-6 in the conference. And it was a one heck of a year by Coach Joe and, and her basketball team. We knew they were going to be good. And, you know, they kind of lived up to the billing. In the SEC tournament a couple nights ago, they – beat Florida 70-60 to in a game that wasn't quite that close. And then fall to number one South Carolina, down by one point, I think over 20 points. Lost 51-61. to 61-51, lost by 10 points to the top-ranked team in the country. So Coach Joe and the, uh, the basketball team, in fact, I saw a picture today that was tweeted out. She's on the road recruiting. I kind of have to revamp the roster a little bit. You know that uh, the, by the way, congratulations to Shakir Austin, named the uh, Gillum Award for the top player, top college player in the state of Mississippi. And well-deserved. Shakir Austin has had a big year for the Rebels. And uh, will have a big career 
in the WNBA. I expect her to go very high in the WNBA draft. Secure Austin finishes averaging 14, I'm sorry, 15.4 points a season. Angel Baker, by the way, the top, they're the sixth man of the year in the SEC, second on the team in scoring with 10.7 points per game and was an integral part in the comeback against South Carolina. So this team will definitely make the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. You have to wonder how far this team can go. But I think it's a very dangerous team and one I would not want to face. The team was fun to watch. And, And honestly, you look at the record and out of those eight games, the Rebels were right there right there to to even win more than they did and just could not close some games out. A lot of that was because of inexperience. And quite frankly, a lot of it is just they do not have a three-point shooter. They just don't. The number one uh, three-point shooter on the team, Snooty Collins, only 29% from the floor, or from three for that matter. The second... uh, player that shot the most threes was Angel Baker, only 33%, hit 26 of 78. But Snuda Collins was was the, I guess you say, the top with 42. That's out of 143 attempts. That's only 29%. Just cannot shoot threes. And that's just has to be uh, something weighing on the mind of head coach, uh, coach O because you have to go out and get a shooter. This really needs a couple. And we thought Snooty Collins was going to be that shooter. This has to get that percentage up. That's just too low. Just a glaring deficit for this team. You know, offensive and defensive rebounds, they, they did a good job all year long. I mean, you look at Shakira Austin average eight and a half rebounds a game. Just great numbers. Madison Scott, I mean, just, just all over the floor at 6.9. And, and I'll be honest, I really liked – LaShonda Monk running the point. I think LaShonda did not turn it over, you know, as much as she did the year before. But she played played the point, and, and this was a good basketball team. It's one that uh, the Ole Miss fans should be very proud of. And the tennis was much better this year, and I expect that to continue. This team's going to the tournament. And I expect big things uh, down the road for Coach – Coach O, by the way, there's no doubt that uh, teams are going to come calling. I think the the top team that would probably make that phone call would be Texas A&M. And obviously, you know where I'm going with this. Their athletic director was the former athletic director at Ole Miss that had a big hand in hiring Coach O. Now, I do think that uh, Lynette Johnson was the one that pulled the trigger, but it had to be signed off on by Ross Bjork, who's now the AD at Texas A&M, and I expect they'll get a phone call. I'm not sure if she had rep- she being Coach O has any representation in regards to an agent, but I do think that she will be at the top of the list. I expect there will be conversations, if they haven't already, between Keith Carter and Coach O to go ahead and lock that down. I think she's happy at Ole Miss. But we know that AM has deep pockets. And that's just one school. I expect there'll be many. She's a good coach. And Ole Miss would be best served to try to go ahead 
and lock her down to an extended contract as soon as possible. The Ole Miss men's basketball team lost its final game of the year against Vanderbilt, finishing the uh, season 13-18, and 4-14 and 14 in the conference. And, uh, boy, just not good enough. You know, just, just not good enough. Lost to, you know, and I tweeted this out after the Vanderbilt game. Out of the 14 losses, I think six or seven came within six points or less. It, so it wasn't like they were blown out in the majority of them. They, a lot of them were very close. Specifically, down the stretch. At Kentucky, only lost by 11 points. Before that, it was at home to Texas A&M, lost by 10. Before that, at Auburn, played a heck of a game. Lost by 13. Beat Georgia, but before that, lost to Carolina in overtime in Oxford. By three. Before that, lost at Missouri. By six. Before that, lost in Oxford against Alabama. Before that, See the trend? At Florida, lost in overtime. So you got to go all the way back to Tuesday, February the 3rd, before the Rebels won a game, with the exception of that Georgia game, where it beat LSU in Baton Rouge 76-72. That was all. That was at the midway point of the season because the week before that, or a couple days before that, Ole Miss beat Kansas State and Oxford in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One win, eight losses. So, they lost eight out of the last nine games. That's just not good enough. So, let's look at this thing as a whole here. Ole Miss and his basketball program lost Robert Allen. It lost to Sean Ruffin. At some point, it lost Jarkel Joyner to a back issue. Lost a couple of games. Um, at least Matthew Morrell didn't play for a couple of games. So, let's let, let's be honest. The injury bug has been a big one for this team. We know that. But this is not good enough. And I think Kermit Davis will tell you the same thing. I expect there will be conversations at the end of the year about what's going to be in place to correct it and there has to be a conversation about how you're going to get the fans back because they've checked out the fans checked out and you look where Ole Miss will play Tampa they'll play Missouri in Tampa in the SEC tournament on Wednesday which will be when you listen to this It's as I record on Tuesday evening They'll play them tomorrow at 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern. I expect the conclusion of that game, where Ole Miss is favored by three, by the way. If they win, they'll play that Thursday, I think at 2 o'clock, against LSU. Regardless, I think none of that really matters. I think at the end of either one of those games, whoever – I don't think Ole Miss beats LSU if they play them on on Thursday. But either after Missouri or after LSU, I think there's going to be a conversation – between Keith Carter and Kermit Davis about what's down the road. Okay. Well, let's talk about down the road for a moment. 
I'll say this. The uh, recruiting class was really good. Malik Ewan, a, a four-star product out of Burkmar High School in Lilburn, Georgia. Center, 6'10", 220. He can play. By the way, this class ranked number 25 in the country, 6 in the SEC. It's a good class. Amory Abram. He's out of Southern California. Southern California Academy, that is. Four-star point guard, 6'3", 180. He can play. T.J. Caldwell. Faith Family Academy of Oak Cliff out of Dallas, Texas. He's a shooting guard, 6'4", 170, another four-star. Then Robert Cower, teammate of uh, Abram, Southern California Academy, shooting guard, 6'4", 200. Look, these are good players. And I think if, if that conversation is had, this is probably the first thing that Kermit Davis says to Keith Carter. Let's get make sure that uh, Matthew Morell is coming back. There's been some scuttlebutt that he may explore options. Make sure that uh, you've got Deshaun Ruffin coming back. He'll be fine after his injury. Bring those two back, this recruiting class. Roll the dice and see where you're at. Ewan's a tight player, center, 6'10", 220, that could come in and play immediately. That's what I would tell Keith Carter. But Keith Carter's not your normal AD. We saw what happened whenever Matt Luke was let go. Is this a situation where he has that conversation with Kermit Davis? I don't know. But I do think that Kermit has a legitimate conversation piece with Keith Carter. Obviously, these aren't excuses. It's just the facts. There's a really good recruiting class coming in. It's a pretty good nucleus on the team if they stay. And the injuries have been absolutely brutal for this team. So, with those three things in play, I think that Kermit Davis will be the coach next year. And I think he deserves one more year. It's my opinion. And I just think that I just feel pretty strongly in that because if the players come back that are on the team, and they don't transfer. And these players, these four players that we talked about get to campus, it's an opportunity to be a really good team next year. And here's the here's the thing. I know if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, I, I get all that. The injury, if the injury bug doesn't bite Ole Miss, I think it's a lot different. Now, they win the SEC? Probably not. But I do think that it's a much, much better season. If Jorner's not injured, if if Robert Allen's not not injured, and and of course if Deshaun Ruffin, boy, these this team struggled because it did not have a point guard down the stretch. It struggled mightily. You know, God bless Ty Fagan. He's not a point guard. He's just not. Jarkel Jorner is a shooter. He is not a point guard. So that's where it is. We'll know a lot over the next couple of days. We'll know a lot about the future of this basketball team. And with Keith Carter, nothing would surprise me. Once again, a big announcement coming either next week or the week after, whenever we get clearance to make that announcement. But uh, I promise you, you're going to love it. You're going to love it uh, whenever we're able to announce that, and you're going to be very excited about the future of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. And I need to reset. I need to say something. 
It's the Believe Network, and I'm going to have to train myself to say that because the Believe Network has branched out, and they're doing so much in the media uh, circles. It's podcasting, it's videos, it's it's so many things that, that the Believe Network is doing. So it's the Believe in Ole Miss podcast on the Believe Network. I'll have to train myself to say that. Thanks very much for downloading the show and, and listening to us every single week. Try to get a couple a week, uh, a couple out a week, but, you know, it's kind of slow there during basketball season. And um, so we've got to – we'll definitely have more content for you coming down the pipe. We want to also invite you to go over and check out Rebs247.com. That's where you can get all of your recruiting information and all the game stories. And, and Jared Redding right now is doing a good job with baseball along with – David Johnson is doing a great job. Uh, and, of course, Chris Brooks is is really uh, hitting the ground running. So a lot of content over at Rebs247.com. We thank you for being part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Network. Look forward to seeing you next week. We'll have a couple of baseball games behind us. The basketball season on the men's side will be probably over with. But the women's side, boy, they'll be cranked up and ready to roll. We'll see how far they can make it in the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. We'll have everything for you, all the highlights, right here on the Believe It Ole Miss podcast on the Believe Network. Listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan COTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.